Bruising Banner Podcast. Bruising Banner Podcast. Bruising Banner Podcast. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to Bruising Banner Podcast. I am your host, Rob G. And with me, as always, is the legendary Brew Crew. What up, fellas? I got water, I got, you know, juice or whatever. What up, what up? Welcome to Bruising Banter Podcast. A little special edition uh, for the folks who don't already know that what we're doing on here. So I want to welcome you to the podcast. This is where the topic is the rocking and the brew. Well, I'll be the fuel, and I'm your host, Rob G. And uh, as you can see, riding solo today, but that's cool because uh, we are always still here with the legendary brew crew. Even if they're not here, they are here in spirit. And, and maybe they'll, some of them might join us on, on, as we go on. Uh, and get through um, some of the program because we do have a special guest with us this evening. Uh, so without further ado, I do want to bring in our guest to the podcast from uh, Minus Man Brewing. We have Ashin from out of Keene, uh, New Hampshire. So, Cheers. Thanks for having me. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm glad that you are here. Um, before we uh, get Get into stuff. We always ask to know what we, what everybody is drinking on. So, uh, what are you drinking today? Um, and we, we already start with our guest. So, uh, what what are you drinking on today? All right, I'm drinking on my own liquid. So All this right. is one of our probably flagship double IPAs. Kind of what we're known for. This is the most beautiful thing in the world. Eight point five straight Citra, New England. Oh, nice. And um, I got, even though I didn't get this from uh, my trip in Italy, I am drinking on a beer I drank a lot in Italy. It is uh, the uh, Bira Moretti. Uh, so mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. It's a nice, um, it's a nice a lager. It's just it's nothing, uh, nothing too too crazy. But it was nice and smooth in it. And it was funny because I was drinking this outside the Vatican. So I thought that was kind of funny that oh, <laughs> I was drinking uh, when we had we had just finished the uh, Vatican tour. And I was like, uh, let me go to this food cart. And I was like, oh, let me grab this. Um, and so I was like, and well. You brought I, some back? No, I actually, back with you. actually, I, I went to the uh, a yeah. local uh, uh, liquor store here, and I saw it. I was like, oh, I, didn't, I, I had never seen it before. And it might have already been there, but now that I'm, I was more aware of it. Yeah. So I was like, oh, oh, there it is. Um, now every time you drink it, you're thinking of the Vatican. That's a that's a good image. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm thinking about that time, or just the whole whole trip uh, on and the time in a. Uh, and Rome, because I mean, in Rome and Italy, all that good stuff. It was a, a yeah. good time. Um, all right. Well, well, I want to thank you for uh, coming on, uh, and we were um, excited to know more about uh, Modest Man, about uh, you, how you got into the uh, how you got into the beer world. Um, uh, so, uh, without further ado, the uh, the I want again thank you again. So I'll give you some more round of applause. And, and for th- those who, d- who don't know who are listening, they um, 
we will we both will be down uh, at Barrel and Flow uh, coming uh, this coming weekend. Uh, so we wanted to, to jump on it and um, uh, have a little chit chat about what's going on, what you're bringing down for people to sample and all that good stuff. So once again, Ash, uh, thank you for coming on, and um, the floor is yours. Yeah, man, thank you. Yeah, so for the listeners to understand, so uh, Barrel and Flow this coming weekend, Dave Bracy's big event um, promoting. I guess, cultural and diversity in the brewing industry and just the whole arts and culture. Um, so we're really um, excited and blessed to be able to be part of the event. I was supposed to go last year, but we were going to the to Denver for the Brewers Association right. meeting and didn't get a chance to go. So for the listeners, the way that this festival works is they pair you up with um, somebody, whether I guess, you know, kind of broad strokes, whether it's another brewery um, and you, you sort of do a collab of some sort. So, we teamed up with these cats, Bruising Banter. Uh, they were time kind of got messed up. We had some problems with our brew house. They were going to come up to New Hampshire and brew a beer with us. That didn't work out. So a lot of this went back and forth on email. Uh, so we're doing a um, you know Bruising Banter represents four cats, and I don't. They all seem to drink different beer. All right. <laughs> one one of the things that was pitched was a pineapple upside down cake um, cream ale. Right. Right. Like, right. All right. All right, how are we going to fit this in our schedule? So we sort of met you in the middle. We did um, we, we did this a, a similar beer to this back in about a year ago okay. with another brewery. Um, we we it's a sour, and we do uh, it's a kettle sour, fruited sour, and everybody kind of does them differently. Ours tend to really it's not too thick, tends to really strike this balance with the sweet and the sour, not too sweet. So we went with some mango, blood orange, and pineapple um, in a pretty classic, like, Berliner Weiss recipe with a little bit uh, on steroids, if you will, right? So like an 8%. Because um, right now, like, you know, people in, in the hot sun, sun, people want a nice sour, but they also want the ABV. Right. Uh, so we're going to be bringing that beer down to you guys um, on Saturday. And I think we're also bringing some IPAs that we do up north down for the festival as well. And then I think uh, Mike's, which is a hot beer bar down in Pittsburgh, right. getting some some of both of those beers. So they'll be pouring those down in Pittsburgh. I've never been down to Pittsburgh. Oh, I've got nice. family down there. Um, one of the guys that pours in my tap room and works at the concert venue across the street from our brewery, he's from there. So he's going down to pour with his buddy. So the three of us will be there. Um, and because we've got enough people, I should be able to schmooze and talk to everybody which that's the best part yeah absolutely because it always is, it's a good time for sure um but the, the the beer sounds sounds amazing what's the name of the beer <laughs> you tell me man it's 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 your it's your thing pass me another, pass me another so I have... <laughs> yeah, <good. laughs> i had to uh hit the uh the horns because that is uh what we do when we uh say pass me another so i had to do it so it sounds sounds great i know Actually, both actually, majority of the part I think would be pretty because one Dev is a big ABB guy, ABV guy, so he loves everything above seven seven and a half percent. Yeah, and yeah, Lou, yeah. And Lou and Yoda love sour, so uh, they're uh, yeah. And and and, it, and you wanted the cream ale, but so did you want pineapple? I yeah, was well, trying to feel yeah. like can I get all four of you guys with one beer? Yeah. Well, I, I'm not I'm not really picky guy. I drink I drink. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I try anything uh, uh, at least once. <laughs> it was interesting, you know, because I was a little. We it just finished today, I think, mm. and I was a little worried about how pineapple is pretty strong and acidic, and when you're already using a sour yeast, right. um, so we went like 
we went 40% mango, uh, 40% blood orange and like 20 pineapple and the pineapple still in the front. Right. Was, I think it was a good move because the, the acidity from the pineapple is not overwhelming. It's really, it's smooth. And then we dry hop a little bit with galaxy and citra in it, which it's subtle, but it's there. And right. I think over time in another couple of weeks, those hops kind of come out. Yeah, then, yeah, but it's it's not thick, man. A lot of a lot of these sours up here, like the sort of um, sour IPA, like, um, it's not really that. It's its own. It's its own little thing. It's its right. own animal. All right, so it's not really. It's not like thick, like a, a smoothie type thing. So it's no, we don't do any of those. You know, uh, um, yeah, yeah. Um, it, you know, that, I guess that kind of ties into you know where we're coming from in our story. So I, um, I'm the owner. I'm not a brewer. I've kind of spent most of my life in the restaurant business. Okay. Um, worked in Maine, South Carolina, Los Angeles. I think uh, I always worked in high-end restaurants, so I have like a little background in wine. Um, but I think I've always loved the experience of food and beverage. You know, so I opened uh, a taco restaurant, kind of taco bar, you know, taco uh, craft beer kind of fusion thing in, in the city of Keene, New Hampshire, back in 2014. Okay. And... New England, you know, New England was sort of the, the beginning of the, the New England IPA with Hetty Topper, like, right. you know, mid to late 2000s. So Keene, New Hampshire is like right on the Vermont mass border. So we're close to Treehouse. We're close to uh, all the stuff that was popping in Vermont. Right. Um, but for some reason, New Hampshire, you couldn't get like none of the restaurants or bars had any of this good beer. So New Hampshire is like right in the middle of, of Maine, Mass, and Vermont. And for some reason, the beer was never good. Huh. And part of that reason is some of the, the laws. It's a it's one of only 15 uh, states that are self-controlled. So they they it's sort of like a monopoly over the, uh, the liquor scene. So the laws are hard. So I had a hard time owning a brewery because of the three-tier system. It's like New Hampshire, New Jersey couple other states are really messed up. So New Hampshire is one of them. So I think that's part of what made New Hampshire beer kind of slow to, ha- to happen. So I've got this like taco joint back in 2014 and I'm saying to the distributors like, yo, let me get some heady topper. Let me get some sip of sunshine. Let me get some other half, you know? And they're like, no, dude, that's not how the game works. Like, <laughs> you're not going to be able to pour that. So, um, yeah, the simplest thing was let's let's open a brewery. So, um, <laughs> yeah. well, yeah. I guess that is a solution <laughs> yeah. to the problem. <laughs> uh, and then you know, and I got I got tied up into red tape for a couple of years, um, and it really I, th- I think I, I was really aggressively trying to go at it in 2016, and I didn't even by the t- I got a finally got a building in 2018, an old bank in our town, like dead center in the. You know, a lot of breweries now are going in like industrial zones, right, right where you got you got loading docks and stuff. I because you know, I've always been more in like restaurant management and I like, I like when I got into craft beer, you know, I liked the experience. So I'd travel all over, go to San Diego, LA. And it was like, I liked high ceilings and I liked music playing and bass dropping. And like when you, when you could bring all those experiences into one, that's really what drew me to the whole thing. So I found this old bank, an old TD bank, and it had high ceilings and had a lot of character. The brewers were like, well, dude, like, there's no loading dock. I'm like, ah, we'll make it work, man. You know, because I'm worried. I'm more about that experience. And so now we got a place that's that's cool. You know, it feels good inside. Um, and yeah, so we opened in uh, November 2019. So we had a good three months before uh, the pandemic hit us. So you, um, you kind of thought like uh, like Steve Jobs, where you were like, here's the container, guys. 
Let's make the brewery work, which is actually kind of yeah. cool. That, that makes some of the cooler breweries when they have spots that are not, like you said, industrial parks and just square boxes where it has some characters. Like I know I've seen some that have been in old churches or, or old banks and um, or uh, even some some of the warehouses that were um, were done too. So it, that's kind of cool. That I mean, like because that was Steve Jobs Jobs thing. Like here's the container design that I have. Now let's let's see how we can get that that computer yep. in this box. So that's yeah, I, I that's did cool. I, I did a few things like that. So it was one because I kind of looked at it and said because we're in New England, right? So there's a lot of really good beer up here. So it was like, how do you stand out? And I I kind of looked at it from a trifecta kind of standpoint of like, well, it's got to be the quality of the beer, it's got to be the experience, the brand, that whole thing, the experience of when you walk in the door, and then it's the customer service. So in my restaurant experience, I'd always dealt with high. I had worked at some five-star restaurants, so I really understood customer service. And, you know, when you look at breweries and you start to analyze them, like, they get they get ripped a lot, right? Because mm-hmm. you get, like, a lot of breweries are open by, like, a couple buddies who are, like, science teachers in seventh grade and are like, yo, let's mortgage the house and open a brewery. So they don't know anything about customer service. Like, it's hard, man. Right. Like, a lot goes into it. You're not just making beer. You're, you have to run a successful business. So, right. um, you know. I had, and I think 90% of all breweries are now owned by guys who are like home brewers who maybe never worked in commercial breweries. So my vision was, look, I'm not that, but I understand customer service. I understand like, you know, the quality of quality of the product. So I can team up with a brewer and I found a brewer who had worked in bigger breweries, like so right. long trail, some of the bigger new England brewers. So they knew, they, they knew all the operational stuff, you know? Um, but in our vision was, you know, up here man like if you're not making a new england ipa okay. you know it's like it's like what 90 percent of what sells right um and my brewer was kind of like man i want to make a kolsch i want to make a pilsner i was like all right dude i got a plan <laughs> if we make the best new england ipa then they're going to come in to drink that and we're going to sell them kolsch and it kind of that's exactly what's happened you know there's old older school breweries like from the 90s that are in our town that make a kolsch and we're already being you know people love our IPAs and they love our sours, but they come in and they're like, Oh man, but they make a great coach, right. you know? Oh, they make a great Pilsner, you know? And, and it's like, you want to, that's how I see it is you want to be a great beer company. You don't want to be known for just one thing, you know, right. uh, or at least for, from our perspective, you know, so we're, we're all about that experience. So we want you to walk in. I think right now we got a few Belgians. We got a, like a table beer. We've got a strong ale. We've got, you know, a handful of IPAs, uh, Kolsch, uh, Czech Pilsner. Um, so, you know, probably 13, 13 different beers we're pouring right now. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Um, I like, I like yeah, Czech Pilsner. <laughs> oh, you know, I was actually drinking that before I had this. Um, yeah, this is, it's hot and humid, man. Like that's what you gotta be drinking, you know? Right. Um, uh, so yeah, so I don't know we're, we're, we opened up and the pandemic shut us down. Like by the time we opened up, right. um, and we we were lucky to own like the big parking lot behind us, and we're kind of in the center of the town. Um, you know, people were traveling around and buying beer, so we we made it. You know, we um we were able to kind of get through a funky time, and we have a lot of outside seating. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it was <laughs> yeah. You were able to, I, 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 I guess maybe I don't know because you were not you hadn't hadn't been in in process that long so you were able to pivot a little quicker than some some other people probably that, well that's just it right that's yeah i think you're 100% when you're not we're not it, the guys that got hurt were had been open for a few years and they've got you know it's 
February going into March and like up here, you know, the weather's starting to get better in April. So a lot of the breweries were like making keg after keg because the, the tourism season starting to kick up right. and all of a sudden it's, you know, it's like March 15th and you're like, Oh, you, we're not buying that. We, all the restaurants are being shut down. Right. That was what everybody up here was, but I wasn't in that situation. I was small. We got a seven barrel brew system from alpha. Uh, and at that time had like four or 15 barrel fermenters. Um, and fast forward to today, we have nine 15 barrel fermenters. So we brew about four times a week, probably doing about 1800 to 2000 barrels a year right now. Mm. Um, probably 90% of that's IPA. <laughs> I mean, that's what's, that's what's selling. Even though I always make fun yeah, well, of Well, that's, you know, it's a business at the end of the day, you know, and I, I feel like I'm always having the conversation with the brewers of like, yeah, man, like what, you know, once we make this batch, we'll make, um, we'll make a Pilsner. And then you're like, you're looking at that tank space and the month goes by or damn, we could have made it. <laughs> yeah. But that's, you know, you gotta, you gotta have something for everybody. Um, yeah. Cause when I, um, and, when I go into the uh, store, a lot of times I'll be like, um, uh, IPA, 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 I feel, like I think I said it before, I feel like Indiana Jones sometimes hunting for something other than yeah. IPAs, which, I mean, I enjoy IPAs, but I, sometimes you do want want something a little different on your... Uh... Well, I, I think that's the funny, because I'll, I'll look at these chats online, and a lot of guys are like, why do these brewers, you know, and so I think the consumer's like, why are these breweries just making IPAs, where the, the brewery owners are like, dude, why are, why is all, like, you don't get it, you're the problem, and they're right. pointing the finger back, and right. like, right. you're the one who only wants to drink that, right. so it's like, if, if, if you're that guy that's the 10% that doesn't want to drink, you gotta go fight the guy next to you, right. you know, you're the problem, man, because 90% of you only want to drink this, so if the brewers are gonna stay in business, like, you have, like, but, but it's a fine line, like, I've kind of drawn the line of, um, I'm not a big fan of, of, of smoothie sours like we talked about before. So right. I try and like, you know, I do, we do have some morals and ethics about what we like in our beer. <laughs> and, and, you know, and I think uh, we haven't ever had to kind of go across that line. Um, even in our IPA up here, a lot of New England's are pretty sweet forward. Mm-hmm. Ours isn't. Um, we dry hop at a, a rate of seven barrel, seven pounds um, to the barrel of all of our beer, which um I guess a lot of people will call double dry hopped. And I always right. kind of refuse saying that because to me it's gimmicky where my brewer and I were like, well, if it tastes best at like this, right. if this is the right amount of hops and this is where it tastes good. So a lot of IPAs up here are made with flaked oats and flaked wheat and different kind of to make it heavier. Right. And we don't do that. So we're just like Pilsner malt, uh, golden promise and, and pale wheat and in seven pounds of a, a barrel of hops. And you get, I don't know, the alpha acids that are in there, um, if it, you feel like you're drinking an IPA, not some thick like oatmeal stout that's yellow, you know. So does it um, lean more West Coast? Like does it lean more West Coast profile? No, or, I mean or... it's still it, it's still oh, um, it's still, it's still a little hazy. Yeah, yeah but it's interesting because we, we probably have a little more IBU than than a lot of IPAs. Mm. Um, like the Treehouse sort of model is really like these sweeter forward kind of beers. So we let everything, you know, our beers take about three weeks, so all the sugars are fermenting out. Um, so it's not super thick, but it's got a cr- incredible aromas and, and floral character from the hops of, of hopping that aggressively. Uh, they're just not very, um, they don't make us any money. <laughs> <That's a problem. laughs> but I, but it's all right, man. Cause we set out to make really good beer and we said, we'll figure out how to make money later. And now, now I'm trying to figure out how to make money because <laughs> we're spending so much money on hops. But, um, I think it, it, it's an IPA that stands out cause it's, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it's not West coast in the sense of, of bitterness but it's not thick and okay, i think that gotcha. you know you, you'll, yeah. you'll you'll drink it this saturday you'll get to 
you'll get to know. Um, but up, up here, it's probably the closest to Trillium. I don't know if you've ever had any Trillium mm-hmm. beers. Yep. But um, it's a very similar like body okay. to what Trillium does. Yeah, yeah. I, I like all I like all those New England uh, breweries yep. up there. Uh, so just just taking a little step back in terms of uh, opening a modest man, like where where the name come from? Like like was that something that you mm-hmm. already had in your pocket, or does that was that like workshop? Like how did you come? How I wish did... I wish I had a good story for that. <laughs> I had um. Maybe it's okay. I, I told somebody it's not a good story, and they're like, "No, that's a good story." I had a, uh, I had a, um, I had like a series of dreams where I had this like, um, I'd studied some some sustainable agriculture for a while, and there's a thing called a flow form, and it was just like almost S-like kind of wavy thing. Okay. And I had this. I kind of woke up with these two lowercase M's, which isn't even what our logo looks like anymore. But um, yeah, sort of just kind of put a name to it. I, it was more about kind of finding the name was more about not not doing what everybody else was doing so at that time everybody had a hop uh, everything was geographical or you know these very specific things right um someone said to me it's like oh it's like method man and modest mouse had a baby <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <was> right. <laughs> kind of weird <laughs> kind of a weird thought man yeah, yeah. You know, I want your brain yeah. right, now, now that you said now i can't unsee it <laughs> could <laughs> be not. called we could have called method mouse yeah yeah yeah, but, yeah okay well yeah, that's, i mean it, mm-hmm. it got came to you in the dream that's that's a good story yeah well you know and it was about i didn't want i, I don't know where the brand will go it may go beyond beer so i didn't want it to be stuck within agriculture i didn't want it to be stuck within ge- geography mm. so it was kind of like and then when i had it when like 90 percent of the people in my circle didn't like it i was like okay that this is a good one <laughs> <laughs> um now you're, now you're also uh if, if i'm if i remember correctly you're also opening is it another location as well yeah yeah so we're so keen is in that far like southwest corner of, of New Hampshire and we're going to open a tap room at Portsmouth which is the opposite side so it's the um, New Hampshire has like a super small coastline mm-hmm. between like uh, Mass and Maine so Portsmouth's like yeah, maybe it has like 20 minutes of coastline so I'd say 45 minutes north of Boston is Portsmouth yeah. so it's like you know it's basically the only city that most people outside of New England have heard of I was at a beer festival in San Diego. They're like, they're like, where are you from? Oh, you're from New Hampshire? I'm like, yeah, we're in, we're in Keene. They're like, I've been to Portsmouth. I've been to Portsmouth. <laughs> I was like, I got to open a tap room in Portsmouth because that's the only. So it, it should be good, man. We were hoping to open in the fall. It's, um, it, you know, it, because of the tourism, you know, Portland, Maine is the number one travel to destination in the, in the country, I think, for, for craft beer. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think Portland, Maine has the most uh, breweries per capita. So if you're all that beer tourism, if you're flying into Boston, you've got to go through Portsmouth to get to Maine. Um, and for some reason, the craft beer scene there, you know, it's not bad, but it's not like really popping. Right. Um, so for us, we're going to brew. We're going to brew where we are now and then um, move our kegs and our cans across the state to that spot. Right. I think uh, uh-huh. I think I think the train it goes to Portsmouth, too. It doesn't go. I don't know if it goes to King, but I know like no, Amtrak right. goes. So, yeah, so it's yeah, an yeah, easy yeah. Easy to get to yeah, if you just right. wanted to jump on a train and do your you uh, jump right off your trail, right? Yeah, you been up that way? Uh, well, years ago we lived in Boston, but um, I mean, well, oh, outside of Boston, but this was uh, years ago. But I was just looking uh, when I was looking at where Keene was and then where and where the other location was. I was like, well, that's 
they're a good decent amount of park. And that, and then when yeah. I was looking at the yeah. train, the train did go to uh, Portsmouth. So I was like, well, that's a that's a good. Yeah, I figured it had to be in terms of logistic wise, where where you could easily um, it's an easier destination, I guess, to get to um, by train and, and plane, I guess. And what Keene yeah. is like in the yeah. middle of New Hampshire. Kind yeah. Of. yeah, yeah, yeah. In Keene, like I, it was odd how I ended up there like years ago, and and it's not by any sense a mecca you know it's a great place to raise a family it's quiet um it was a great place to start the brewery but you know um and and early on like you know when when the world was shut down we had plenty of tourism kind of kind of going out there but it's not a place that people are uh often frolicking to you know in in new hampshire like the the spots that people want to go to are like up in the middle of the state, there's a lot of good, like white, the white mountains and stuff. That's kind of touristy attractions. Mm-hmm. The, the Western part of the state. I mean, that's kind of what maybe is special about it. It's just beautiful, but it's not, um, it's not drawing in a ton of tourists, which is good and bad. Right. Um, so, so again, man, it was a good place to open a brewery. The people there appreciate the quality of the beer that we're doing, but, um, I don't know. It, it's, it's definitely like, uh, we're paying the bills, but when you're doing like really ingredient driven beer, right. like you got to kind of have, you know, and, and again, and also we do some distribution, but it's not a super hoppy IPA doesn't really want to be in distribution. It's not happy with that. You know, right. it wants, it doesn't want to be on a shelf. That's why, you know, when some, when people said like, you know, why is there, you know, why did Hetty Topper and these other beers have a line? It, it, it partly was because, you know, that's the best way for that beer to taste. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and well, if you keep on, uh, uh, continue growing in terms of the amount of man brand. I'm sure it'll be a destination spot where people, more people will come to Keene. Like, oh, this is a nice place to yeah, hang yeah, out. We'll and I'm sure yeah. that'll bring, I, I, I agree. And I, that brings more people, other things. Yeah, that's right. My philosophy, like, I'd be down with that. I just don't want to wait, just, just have my, you know, all my eggs in that one basket. Right. right? So if they, if they end up there, that's cool. Um, but in the meantime, like, let's diversify and, and, and get to that other part of the state, you know. But New Hampshire's like definitely on the map now. Like people are, there was like, before I opened, there would be that conversation on a, some chat and he'd be like, yo, I live in San Diego and my sister goes to school in Boston. I'm flying out. Uh, I got, I'm driving to Hill Farmstead. Like, what do you guys recommend for breweries in New Hampshire? And they'd be like, just skip it. <laughs> and he's like, well, I can't skip it. I got to go through there to get there. And they're like, there's no breweries worth your time. Mm. And now, now that that conversation starting to change. So that's good. Uh, yeah, yeah and we're part of that conversation. That's, so. that's, that's cool. Um, I know you. I, I mean, we ain't gonna keep you too much longer. But in terms of, no, like, right. I was curious to know because you had kind of said it. Like, like, how did you end up in? Like, you've been all over the place. How did you end up in Keene anyway? Yeah, that's yeah, man. So I, I had, um, I was in Charleston, South Carolina, in the mid two thousands, working at. Uh, I was working in the restaurant business, and mm-hmm. there's a. a pretty famous chef right now named Sean Brock down there. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was, I, so I ran, I was a manager at McCready's, which was his first restaurant. He had come from Nashville. Um, and so right before a restaurant called Husk opened, I was running McCready's with Brock and I had two, I guess my, my third child had just been born. So I was in this like, you know, mid twenties, late twenties, I think, right. um, had a young family and was like, you know, trying to find that balance because I love food and beverage, but it wasn't a sustainable, you know, family life. Right. And uh, while I was down there, I met a guy who was in law school and he uh, had gone, he had lived in Long Island and they owned, he had gone to this school, it's a Waldorf school and they owned this camp near Keene, New Hampshire, 
where kids like it, it was cool. It was um, it's like 300 acres um, and it was founded from the Steiner School, right? It's out of Central Park. And it was a place of like, you know, the, the philosophy back in the 1930s was the school was like had amazing uh uh, had basically everything you needed in school, but it didn't have the connection to nature. So right. they bought this, they bought this like farm camp right outside of Keene, New Hampshire. So anyhow, I'm down there, I'm running this restaurant and this, this guy going to law school, he was, he had, he had lived in Maine at one point. So we had a lot in common. He's like, yo, um, I know you're kind of like burning out. You got this young family. What do you think about coming up to Keene with me? You'd, uh, be the farmer and the, uh, culinary director of this camp. I'm like, whoa, you know, I'm like, Dude, I'm running like a top 10 restaurant in the country right now, right. you know? And it was just that moment, right? We all have these moments. It's like, what do you want in your life? And um, yeah, we chose it. And, you know, so all of a sudden, you know, we get a house on this property. So you have like a two second commute to your job and I'm cooking like buckwheat pancakes for a bunch of, a bunch of kids, but we're growing food um, organically. Um, and, yeah, I kind of I, I got stuck there for like 15 years in this like rural part of the state. But, you know, had another had another child. So we have four kids and raised them. And then that whole time, you know, I built like I was making like clay oven pizza, mm. um, growing food, like, you know, just that whole farm to table thing. Right. Um, and, you know, but then the entrepreneur started to grow on me while I was there, you know, and I kind of missed I missed the uh, kind of perfectionist element of the of the restaurants I had been in. Mm. Um but you know um yeah so that was like i was probably there at the camp from like 07 to 14 i think okay. um you know and it was like okay so i just took like one of the most important parts of my career but you know none of that none of that stuff matters you know what i mean when you really look back on it it's right. like you know it, I, I definitely went in debt during that time <laughs> but a lot of, like i learned a lot about myself i got to work with my hands that i hadn't done before uh, i i got i had the space to dream um, this, the camp was so cool, man. We had kids from, um, like the Bronx, you know, all, all kinds of different, um, classes and, and cultural diversity. So like we're living in rural New Hampshire, but we got, you know, we got all kinds of people coming to this camp that were from all over the country, you know, in different, different walks of life, different classes. So kind of had the best of, of everything, you know? Right. And, um, and, and we transformed a lot of people's lives, man, because we were like, passionate about what we did and we were cooking really good food and everything from scratch and just I just think that somebody asked me like you know I, I it's just what it comes down to is I'm, I'm passionate about whatever I'm doing right know? so like I don't necessarily just love beer or just love food it's like you just have that passion for for living and doing better and if you do that if you have that it kind of rubs off on the people around you so yeah well that, that's a good yeah. philosophy just uh um well well, I got, that's got like maybe a few, one or two more questions. In terms, uh, I don't know, think about yeah. actions, but we always like to ask everybody in terms of like, what uh, is your favorite beer style, and and is, is there a is there a beer or or, a, or or was there a beer that made you say, oh, I I really like uh, craft beer. This is a perfect segue. I, I swear I didn't. Um, well, I, maybe I thought about this a little bit, but so this Saturday something I just saw that's really exciting is uh, Allagash Brewing, which is up oh, yeah. in Portland. Uh -huh. They're teaming up with, I think it's Crowns, Crowns and Hops. Hops yeah. yeah, yeah, right. So uh, Rob Todd is kind of like one of my biggest idols. He's the owner of Allagash, and to see him doing that with them is pretty exciting. So I had a um, maybe three years ago, I think, I was eating. I went to dinner with my wife, and we had this, like, 
Korean style meal with like a, uh, I forget what the fish was, but it was like this, you know what, like the collar of a fish is. So it's a little mm-hmm. bit fatty. Right. And it, you know, so you had like some kimchi and you had some different broths. And I got a beer by um, Allagash called Avante. And it was a, um, I think a two year, I may butcher this, but it was like a two year aged um, wild ale, mm-hmm. uh, organic Maine strawberries on bourbon barrels. Oh, wow. And the, it, so, so, you know, it's like, it was, it wasn't just the beer cause I've had the beer since then and it was, it's great, but it was that experience, right? It was that, right. It, that, that whole sense of place that every, every aspect of the meal we're eating and that beer, that to this day is my favorite beer I've ever had. I think, you know, my brewery doesn't do any wild fermenting right now. It's kind of a dream of mine, but my two favorite breweries up in new England are, Oxbow up in Portland, Maine, and and Allagash. I love what I love everything that Allagash stands for, uh, and the beer that they make. So those are the 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 wild farmhouse stuff is my favorite stuff. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm excited yeah. to see a lot of the collaboration that come out of uh, uh, this year. That's always a, a highlight of the uh, the festival is the um, some of the collabs that come together. Uh, Crowns and Hops is doing a lot of uh, a lot of major moves uh, in the space, and to see them pair it, I think they just posted maybe a couple of days ago, uh, about the uh, the collab they were doing with Allagash. So, and I think Allagash was there last year with uh, some money, uh, some, someone else, I believe. Um, so they are familiar with um, the collabs. But I'm, I'm excited to see what they, they bring this year. It should be um, cool. Well, the whole, whole festival is always a good time. Um, so I, so you went last year? Yeah, we've, I think we've been every year, ex- oh, well, except for the first year and the COVID year. Uh, but, okay, okay. So I think they've... Uh, when it, well, because we went when it originally was called Fresh Fest, and we uh, oh, that's, okay. So we've been uh, uh, 2019, and then uh, 20. Technically, I did attend because it was a it was cyber, but I still I still went online okay, to okay. do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but last year we went, and obviously, and this year we'll be there again. It's it's always a uh, good time. It's always like a uh, some of the people you talk to all online or you see at other beer fests. Seem they all everyone comes together at this particular one. Uh, so it's always um, cool to see, and, and the fact that we kind of uh, are participating this year as well. Um, uh, yeah, so have, have you done a collab in the years past? Or no, this was a, this was our first time we even because uh, everybody always asks us, "Are we going to do a collab?" So I was like, "Yeah." I always, yeah, I always was like, "Yeah, maybe." Uh, but then because everybody, a lot of people kept on asking what we were going to do something. Um, I, was, I was like, "This year we'll put our name in, in the ring and and and, uh, and help out and, and and collab and see what happens." So so it, uh, we were just. We were excited to get be involved. Um, Day and Ed uh, put together a um, a good festival, so we were uh, excited to be a part of it. Um, and and in, in any capacity, just even being attendees um, from years past, uh, and and also being and now um, working with uh, you you and uh, and uh, the Modest Man uh, family uh, is, is something we're looking forward to doing, and hopefully. Uh, everybody comes out and, and comes to the table. I think they put out the map today on where uh, everything is located. So make oh, sure people people come through and check us out. I think it's uh, section thirty one. I think or table thirty one. I'm not sure exactly, but I got. But I know uh, one thirty one, not one thirty one. That's uh, that's where I had a moment this morning where I was looking at the schedule. It was like, okay, it's eight a.m. to like nine p.m. I was like, oh man, that's a long day. Yeah. But I think it, it's really like an evening festival, isn't it? It's like kind of starts later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I think there's some there's some uh, VIP, VIP stuff, stuff that starts a, yeah. a little earlier, but then I think bulk of it, but it does go till nine o'clock for sure because I think yeah. 
uh, some of the music, some of the musical acts continue to, to go on right, because cool. it is music and culture and all that stuff. And speaking about that, I know you talked about hip hop and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm gonna ask you some hip hop questions, like like in terms of hip, like hip hop. Like, who is your favorite hip hop artist? Well, well, did, did you, have you picked up on anything yet? You know what that is? Hold on, let me get back in that. Can you even see it? So I, I sort of do it on the on the sly and it's cool because like up in new hampshire nobody knows but basically all my all my cans all my beer names are referencing some sort of old school hip-hop in some capacity okay so i'm 45 you know so i grew up in in maine but i had yo mtv rap so i didn't right. there there was nothing no no real culture you know but in so like yeah 86 87 88 um that you know everybody in my group was listening to leonard skinner and guns and roses and i was like this that ain't for me right but like right. So, but but what is for me and then i got um all right so i'm gonna name i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell you a couple of my beer names you tell me the artist you ready uh, okay <laughs> you gonna you gonna play this game sure. all right um sunrises in the east you know it sunrise in the east it, mm. so so it's one of it's one of my favorite beer names because one of my favorite sort of relationships between um hip hop and beer right. is the West Coast East Coast feud. So Jay Rue the damage I think I think Sunrise Sunrise in the East was like ninety three, ninety four. But it was like, you know, he kind of ripped on everybody. Right. But it but the, the, the sun rises in the east, right? And so it's like this New England IPA. And the the crazy thing is like the West Coast there's the West Coast IPA, the New England IPA, but the West Coast does not respect the New England IPA at all. <laughs> like they, they give no respect. So I yeah. entered our beer in a contest and I was like, man, come on, it's far superior. They don't give you, they're like, they tell me all this stuff I got to work on. You know, like here's where, here's where you can improve next year. I was like, what are you talking about? So I love, yeah, I've always been an East Coaster. So I love the relationship between hip hop and beer and the West Coast, East Coast view. Are you, um, you've been there. Yeah, J-Root, J-Root, oh, J-Root, dude, dude, this, this, is, I've uh, had way too much so time I, to think about this. Now I got, so, now now, so now that I know what era you're going like, Further yeah, back. yeah, no, that's where I'm from, man. <laughs> I, so I, I'm, I was a huge De La Soul fan, so I got a, I got Balloon Mind States, one of my beers. Okay. Um, so this is, uh, yeah, my favorite beer is it's the most beautiful singing swirl, which was Keith uh, Murray. Keith Murray, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that and that dude, come on, that name. It's one of our best beers, but I love that name. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I, so, so a lot of what I do is, you know, so within an IPA, I'll do a double IPA, a single IPA, maybe a pale. And I'll use that same um, malt structure and hop structure. Um, it, but it's good for the consumer, right? Because if they're like, oh, I love Most Beautiful Thing in the World, but I don't, you know, I don't want a double IPA, right? It's not. So I make a pale ale. Keith Murray had another album called It's a Beautiful Thing. Right. So we've got our pale ale and our 7% in that same series is It's a Beautiful Thing. Pale, It's a Beautiful Thing. Um, what else do I got? I got a. Uh, I do a once a year beer called Mad Villainy, which is a tribute to the MF Doom. We do um, Center of Attention, which was uh, Pete Rock's I and I. Um, I do some uh, uh, Run the Jewel stuff, um, right. but I, but I try and do a lot of a lot of what we do is is you know I'm not trying to steal from somebody's culture, and I'm trying to I'm trying to do it in a way that's like out of respect and, and it's not hip hop in your face, right? right. Like, so the can art, everything. It's not. Uh, it, it, it often strikes a balance of real beauty um, and just sort of uses these names. Cause it was, um, it, it, it's the music I loved, you know? So it was like a huge kind of, uh, you know, kind of made me, made me who I was as a person where I was, everybody in, in my culture was going this way and I was going that way. And so hip hop in the, 
you know, late eighties, early nineties is, was everything to me. So right. every Tuesday, man, me and my cousin were buying, buying hit, whatever came out, we were scraping the money, stealing money from my parents, buying hip hop albums. And so when it came time, um, you know, to do this, it was like, well, you know, everybody's looking for like an identity. I don't have a partner in this business. So it allowed me from the creative standpoint to just do what, you know, it's kind of scary. Right. I can't blame it on anybody, but it allowed me to have the true vision of what the, the art and what I wanted. Um, so we worked with this artist, uh, Grayson Rutowski, who's a, like an oil painting artist, fine artist out of New York who lives in Spain right now. And he does all of our stuff. Mm. And it, you know, it's beautiful, man. You know, like we, like we put a lot of money and a lot of time, a lot of effort into our can art. Um, cause that's what, you know, w- with this whole expression of, of the New England IPA up here, it's like, I saw it and I liked it, but I was like, oh man, it could be, it could be a lot more. So that's kind of what we're trying to move towards. That's, that's what's up. So that's, um, yeah, that's, yeah, a, man, it's a lot. And, and like you said, if, I mean, it's not, it's not like blatant, like, um, yeah, this is, uh, like, unless you know, you know, like some of those, I'd be like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like, yeah. Like so, like some of the things like Keith Murray is because that's one of my favorite songs. Easily identified, MF Doom. Yeah, but you know, and what's cool is ninety percent of the people that drink that beer have no idea, right? You know, and maybe if I was in a more urban area, people would be like, "Oh, okay." But but because we're not, you know, it allows me to be kind of like who who I am and what I what I care about. But like, man, there, there's um, who was a there's a British rapper I can't even think of his name. Um, uh, who's the uh, whatever uh run come save me was his album and mm-hmm. um so i dropped this i dropped this beer in a guy across the street from my brewery he owns like a sneaker place you know he's like right. the guy that you get your shirt from. he's like yo man you, you you did a cult you know is that for me i was like yeah whatever <laughs> so he thought he thought it was like teaming up with his sneaker joint i was like no you know but that's fine if that's what you think All right so everybody can take it on you know they can find some way to to make it work for their own life that's fine um but yeah, yeah. So that's, you know, we're trying to infuse beauty to it, but give it a sense of place and a sense of like, you know, um, what I love and what I care about. So yeah, that's what that, it is. Yeah. But no, no. Did you answer the question? Like, who is your favorite MC? <laughs> I, I think, I mean, Dale Soul definitely had the biggest impact on me. Okay. You know, in my, you know, I think um, as a band, uh, I, I love KRS-One as like a true MC, I right. think. Um but I would say De La Soul made the biggest impact. Cause I think, you know, I was listening to a lot of the NWA stuff and kind of gangster stuff. And then De La, I remember my sister got some like soul to soul. She asked for soul to soul, which was that 1988, like what, what, pop stuff. And my uh-huh. aunt bought the album. She got the wrong album and she got three feet high and rising. And my sister threw it in the trash. <laughs> I was like, what is this? And I, it, it changed my life, man. Cause how else I was a 12 year old kid growing up in Maine. Like how else right. was I going to get hip hop? You know? Right. So now I got three feet high and rising and I'm like, Oh, and, and you know, and they were just different, you know, they were like, I don't know what they were hippies, gentle, something, man. But like that stuff as a 12 year old kid, you were just like, man, this is, this is good. And then that brought you into tribe and that brought you into right. black sheep. I was just listening to black sheep the other day. And they're just, uh, that stuff is so good. And, you know, now, and I've got, now I have 20, I have 25 year old kids, 22 year old kids. So now, you know, they forced me to like get into all the, the relevant stuff. So, right. you know, I can't, I can't go wrong now, man, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause now, now it, is, that, it is different now. Um, it's different now, but I like, and that's like, I'm into, what was I into the other day? It was like, 
J. Cole and they're oh, like yeah. my twenty two my twenty-two year old daughter goes to school in DC and she was like, dude, you're just getting into J. Cole. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that, that, now that is true. I would have to say the same thing because we're in the same age bracket. And are you just getting yeah, into J. Cole? It takes me a while, man. It takes me a while. <laughs> and I'm like, give me some props for getting into it, you know? Because right. right, you could have just stayed you could have stayed in the uh, late eighties, early nineties. I'm like, you know what? That's just right. the golden age hip hop. I don't care what yeah. you say. <laughs> I'm just staying in the gold. My wife's like, you can't just listen to this forever. Like you're gonna ever branch out. I'm like, no, it was so good. There's still stuff I haven't ever listened to. Yeah. Yeah. And and especially if you go uh deeper in the underground, um, like in MF Doom zones and Atlanta and all that oh, kind of stuff man. in the uh and, and and even if you go start going to West Coast uh, on, back in the day and, that, and like the hieroglyphics and all that stuff and uh, oh, I love that. and all that good stuff back then. So, it, I mean, it is it's a plethora of uh, music out there because a lot of people were making it and it wasn't as, uh, I guess, easy to get as it is now because now you can stream anything pretty much now. So now it's easier to uh, consume. Uh, you had to work. You had to work for it. Back right. Then. Right. And if like if it wasn't at your local shop. Especially back in the day, you'd be like, "Yeah, well, uh, you would have to record it like on MTV Raps, or if it happened to come on a radio, you have to uh, record it." So uh, I, I get it. So I mean, so yeah, there's definitely things that you didn't hear. But I, but I have a, I have younger children, but they're in the. Well, my son is, is in hip hop, so uh, some of the things I'd be like, "Yeah, I don't get it at all." But there is some things. I'm like, okay, I, I understand that. I get that makes that's cool. But there are some things, even some of my uh, younger. Uh, and they're like in their 18, 18, 18 19 uh, year old range. I'd be like, that is that is garbage. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I know. I, know. I, I say that too. And then I'm like, all right, do I really, like, can I give it a chance? I'm like, no, I can't give it a chance. Nah, I try. I gave it a chance. I still be like, what is it? What are you, like, something, there might be hit or miss. Like, there'll be something like, oh, okay, this is cool. But there are some things I'd be like, I don't, it's not meant for me, I guess. So, yeah. Like, yeah. some people say yeah. back in the day, there was some, like, people, like, my mother didn't like some of the hip hop. That I listened to back in the day, so it's the it's the the same it's thing. The same thing. So. Yeah, that's why when when my son listens to like, I'll, I'll catch him listen to some '90s stuff. It's always Mob Deep. It's weird. It's like all the stuff he likes, he only likes like Mob Deep and Wu Tang. But uh-huh. I'm like, but but you know, because he's definitely like wants to make it known that he's not going to just eat up my '90s hip hop. Like he's <laughs> like I got to work for it. You know what I mean? But <laughs> well, Wu Tang and Wu Tang Mob Deep are two. Two solid choices. If you're going, yeah, well, it's weird that those are the two that like the, those make the cut. But if I get any of that other stuff, like any native tongue stuff around, it's like it just it doesn't it doesn't fly. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's the age he's at. You yeah, know? yeah, it might be too. It, it might be not. It's not. Maybe it's not grimy enough. Uh, yeah, native tongue. Yeah. It's like oh, more. That's more what I think. That's what I think. It was too soft. Yeah, he yeah. like he, he's in the grimy age. Yeah. <laughs> um, Even I, though the stuff he listens to is soft, I think, but. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, before we wrap up, we always like to, uh, one, we want to thank you for coming, uh, Ash from, uh, Modest Man Brewing. Thanks for having me, man. But before we wrap up, we always like to know how people can, uh, find you, um, on Instagram and, and, and the address at the, the, uh, brewery and King, all the good stuff. Yeah. So where are we? We're, uh, Moss Man Brewing on Instagram. We've got a Facebook page. Um, we're at 100 Main Street, Keene, New Hampshire. We'll be in Portsmouth, New Hampshire soon. Our beer's um, in distribution throughout the state of New Hampshire, but not in many places. Uh, our beer's been traded for. Um, and, uh, yeah, but you, you can find it. It's not that hard. 
But the easiest place to find us is down in Pittsburgh this coming Saturday with these guys right here. There it is. Um, if you can come there, uh, we're gonna we're gonna be pouring at Mike's, like I said earlier. Um, I think Friday and Saturday are a couple of some of our IPAs and pass me another our Imperial Sour will be pouring. Um, yeah. And uh, if you can't come to that, then I don't know what to tell you. You got to come to that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. You don't want to miss out on the Imperial yeah. Sour. <laughs> that's right. And, and every other beer that's out there because there, um, there's a lot of combination. A lot of people that we know are doing a collaboration. So we're excited to see uh, uh, what they bring and, and uh and we're excited to taste everything. I'm, I mean, I like to drink all the beers. I didn't ask you, I guess, one question in terms of, I know you had mentioned the logo was one thing before, but what is, like, who designed, what's the logo now? Like, what that? where did that concept come from? Yeah, yeah. So this is the the artist that we're working with and who's out of Spain right now created that. So it's essentially supposed to be two M's. Um, oh, yeah. That. Okay, now yeah. you said. But, but that's what I love about it, man. It, it kind of, like, when you look at it, it just sort of takes on um, – everybody's eyes kind of see it differently, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that's kind of what I was looking for. There was, um, was a, a, was just this strong logo that wasn't, wasn't, uh, you know, a grain or, uh, right. you know, something that can go, like you said, pop. branch out to like other things. Like if you want to clothe them, uh, yeah, that's it. Modest, yeah. modest man, hiking gear or, or, yeah, or, yeah. We, we sell a lot of merch, you know, that was a, like, it's, it's a lifestyle, you know, right. that's kind of the idea. Um, and that's now that we have this logo, like that's kind of where it's allowing us to kind of go in those different directions, you know? All right. Um, what, what size you, will you email me the size of your team so I can bring some stuff down on Saturday? Yeah. In terms, sure. I, I can, I can do that. Yeah. Sure. We got some hats. We got shirts. So just give me, I know there's some, there's a couple of big cats up in that group. No? Yeah. Ask me. Well, I'm the big, I might be the biggest guy. <laughs> Are you cat. the big guy? Yeah, I'm All the right. biggest guy. <laughs> we got some big size. Yeah. Cause we got we'll some, get. we got, yeah. Yeah, me. I'm probably the biggest guy. Everybody else is, is a little, little er. <laughs> then we got one, a little tiny guy. But yeah. All right. All right. I got some. I got some women cut small. So we'll bring it up. <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't say that, Lou. <laughs> I said that. I didn't say that. <laughs> you can't razz them if they're not there. I guess it uh, sucks. Oh no, yeah. he, he can still. Yeah, well, he'll. Yeah, he'll, we can still mess with him. Yeah, yeah, because he'll hear it and then he'll have. And yeah, he'll be okay, there. He'll be there on, sa- on Saturday for sure. So okay. he'll definitely be able to. Uh, all right. I said, um, <laughs> if you want to follow, check out Bruising Banter Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Bruising Banter Podcast. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can even say Amazon Music, please play Bruising Banter because we are on Amazon Music. So you can say Alexa, I'm sorry. Please play Bruising Banter Podcast because we are on Amazon Music, uh, as well as Pandora and iHeartRadio. Like I said, everywhere. If you want to check out and get merch, you can go to www.bruisingbanter.com. And also find out where else we're playing or and watch us out. Remember to smash that like button on YouTube and Facebook and uh, Instagram as well. Uh, if you want to follow me, Rob G, Rob Stay Bruising. Bing, bing, bing. Shout out to the rest of the crew. They have uh, Dreams Crab Brew. I am uh, 302 Yoda and uh, Lou Belgium. Uh, shout out to all those fellas. I know uh, life always gets in, 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 in the way. Uh, and you got to do your family duties first comes first. Um, but again, I want to thank uh, Ash Sheenan for coming through from Minus Man Brewing. Thanks for having me, Rob. We're looking forward to this weekend. Until next time, I want to make sure everybody's down there in, in uh, it's Pittsburgh, uh, Barrel and Flow, this weekend, August uh, 13th. Yeah, yeah th- August 13th. All right, I'll see you there. Rock and roll.